Welcome to Gideon Dancer's podcast. You're about to listen to part two of the sermon on forgiveness by our global lead pastor. In this message, he takes us deeper by building upon the foundation of why we should let go, forgive, and move forward. If you haven't yet listened to part one of this message, we strongly encourage you to do so. And if you already have, get ready for a word that will give you an in-depth understanding on forgiveness. Thank God that you connected and tune in, and we know that you will be greatly blessed by the word of God. Come with me, if you're pleased with Matthew 6, and the verse number 9 to the verse number 13. We read together louder, and the Bible says, After this manner, therefore, pray, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is a kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Before you ask, tell somebody, I forgive you. Don't ask me what have, what have I done. Say, I forgive you. Say, ask, say I release you. Are you going to forgive somebody today? Come on, clap your hands right now. We have been talking about the lost prayer, and we how many of you have enjoyed the teachings on the lost prayer so far? Come on, talk to me right now. It's been great, and I'm enjoying it myself. I trust God. About the time we finish, we can come up with a book. I trust God. I trust God because this is so good. I want we want to continue from where we left up last week as we zero in on. Forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. We were told last Sunday that we forgive because we have been forgiven. It is not because if we don't forgive, God can forgive us. But the principle of forgiveness is such that it shows that to him much is given, much is required. And so, when we forgive, we enforce and we make relevant and bring to bear, we, we are able to reveal the extent to which we have been forgiven because we always owe God more. The guy, the servant owed the master 10,000 and his fellow servant owed him 100. It doesn't matter what anybody has done to you, you have done more to God. Your offense before God is more than you have been offended by a brother or a sister. And so when we Walk in forgiveness. We're establishing the revelation, the truth that God has forgiven us. And, and, and today we, I, I want to go a bit deeper and just, Peter said, how many times should I forgive a brother if he offends me seven times? Seven is the number of perfection. End of a cycle. Peter saying that, is it that when the person is perfected, when the person grows, when the person, when a cycle breaks, Seven times, then I, then I retaliate or 
And how many times you say, no, it's not about the, the, the number or it's not about the person's perfection. It's about your maturity. It's a 70 times 7. 70 the number of maturity, growth, dominion, eldership. So Jesus said, when you have matured, when you have gotten a place where what a person did to you doesn't hurt you anymore. When your own maturity is fulfilled. When you have spiritually grown to a point where whatever they did to you, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't feel it anymore. It doesn't hurt anymore. And, 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 as, and as I preached last week, the response that I got was great. But I knew that there is more to dig and more to go deep into. So, I, I, I want to I wanna go a bit deep on the subject of forgiveness as we talk about the pathway to forgiveness. The path to forgive. How to forgive. Because oftentimes, it's not like people don't want to forgive, but they don't know how to. There are people who are bitter, angry, frustrated, upset. Because they don't know how to get out of it, genuinely. My assignment to you today is, number one, if you don't know the benefit of forgiving, by the grace of God, I'm to show you. And if you are looking at how to forgive, but you don't know how to start, my assignment this morning is to help you, try to help you get on the journey of forgiveness. Because it's a journey. Forgiveness is a path. It's a journey we go on. And as we understand the points that we look at or we must look at, we free ourselves. Forgiveness is a journey. So welcome to the journey and the path, the road to the place of forgiveness. Understand the Bible said in Matthew chapter 18 and the verse number 7 that if there's any one thing, if there's anything that is inevitable in life, if there's anything that is constant in life, if there's anything that will always happen in life, if there's anything that will forever deal with it in life, that thing is offense. If there's one thing that is constant, is inevitable, is always happening, we always deal with it, we always feel it, we always see it, it happens every day in our relationships, in our friendship, in our marriages, in our, uh, um, in our work with people, and our engagement in offices, at home, at church, everywhere, school. If there's one thing that constantly happens, that will always happen, that we always have to deal with it. It's of Jesus said, woe unto the world because of offenses. For offenses must come. So what Christ was saying that it's a mass. It's not something we can do away with. It is a mass. It must happen. The Bible says he must need go through Samaria. It means he can't avoid it. Offenses will always happen. You can't avoid offense. You can never shun away from offense. Offense will always happen. The more offenses happen, the more we know that the word of God is true. So when somebody offends you, 
you must first of all say that the word says offense must happen. And if you are, and if the Bible, if the word of God is a final authority and voice in your life, when you see offense or when somebody offends you or when you go through offense or when you offend somebody, you understand that the word of God is speaking to you. That you said offenses must come. There will always be offense. Come on, tell somebody there will always be offense. There will always be offense. Say, are you offended by me? I'm really sorry, but Jesus says offense must come. Offense must come because that is what makes us human. That is what makes us human. As a matter of fact, that we get to know how we need the blood. How we need the forgiveness of sin. The Bible says offense will come. The word offense is a combination of two words. Off and fence. Off fence. Off fence. Off fence. So, so, so I, I came out with this, this revelation and idea that Offense means everybody has got a fence around their lives. A wall around their lives. Some barrier, some fence, some wall. Some protection mechanism. Uh, a wall that protects your emotions, that protects your peace, that protects your family, that protects your relationship, that protects your life, that protects your ministry, that protects your career, that protects your personal space. In America, we say it's two meters. Personal space. You are coming into my personal space. Whenever offense comes, it means somebody has gone off the offense. You know, somebody is not respecting the fence you raise around yourself. Somebody is literally crossing, penetrating, destroying, attacking the fence around you. The wall around you. They are provoking the negative emotions in the inside of you. They are stirring up. Not a positive emotion, but a negative one. They are engaging you. They are crossing into what you can take. They are attacking what you can allow. What you can permit. They are off your fence. Smile and tell somebody, my personal space. How many of you got personal space today? Personal space. Social distancing. Personal space. The person is literally going beyond the fence of your positive emotion. To be offended simply means to be hurt in a way that provokes anger, bitterness, frustration, hurt. It provokes revenge, regret. It, it pulls negative emotions from you. Jesus taught us to forgive others because it is a sign that you have received forgiveness from God. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32 the Bible says and be kind to one another tender hearted forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgive you. So when you forgive you are showing the sign that you've been forgiven. So forgiveness is to Tell people that I am forgiven. So when you don't forgive, you are not expressing the, the truth that you've been forgiven. When you forgive, you are 
telling the whole world. You are telling people. You are expressing it loud that God forgive me. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another even as God in Christ forgive you. When I forgive I am showing that I have been forgiven. When I forgive I'm only expressing that I have been forgiven. I'm only saying that I offended God. And of course, my offense to God was more than you have offended me. And if I offended God and God forgave me, when I forgive you, I'm re-echoing the revelation, the truth that I've been forgiven. Whenever I forgive you, I get to know what God has done to me. I repeat what God did. Whenever I forgive you, it takes me to how good, how great, how peaceful I felt when the bound, when the barrier between me and God was lifted. It gives me that good feeling, that good energy, that grace, that feeling of release and freedom that sin has no power over me because I forgave. I've been forgiven and I can forgive. The reason why I can't forgive is because I don't believe I have been forgiven. But if I believe God forgave me, then it makes it easier for me to forgive. Whenever I forgive you, I'm re-echoing what God did for me, what Christ did for me, when he took my pain, when he took my shame, when he bore my sin upon him on the cross, the more I forgive, the more I remind myself of what God has done for me in Christ. You're clapping. Oh, you're clapping the skin in the house right now. You're clapping the skin in the house right now. The devil is a liar. You forgive others because you know how much God has forgiven you. Even though this is true, yet many struggle to do this. We struggle not because we don't want to, but some struggle, for many struggle, because they don't know how to. Not that they don't want to, but they don't know how to. My assignment this morning is to tell you how to forgive. The journey of forgiveness. And of, from the scripture we read, from this prayer of Jesus, I've put together six steps of forgiveness. And quickly, I'm going to just run us through and let's get on the journey. Are you ready for the journey of forgiveness right now? Is anybody ready today to go on that journey right now? Anybody ready to forgive somebody right now? Anybody say, Prof, just show me. Just show me. Let's see how it goes. Come and say, let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how it goes. Number one, in order to forgive, the first thing you are looking at is phantom. Understand. Understand that nobody, including your good self, your prophet self, your bishop self, your holy or down self, including you, nobody is perfect. We are all fallible. We all make mistakes. Then the day you meet a perfect person, don't talk to the person because the day you talk to him, you make him not perfect. Nobody's an angel. Nobody is without fault. He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. 
We are all fallible. We are not perfect. We got weaknesses. We got proclivities. We got tendencies. We got areas of our lives that is a work in progress. I may be strong in prayer. I may be strong in preaching. I may have long suffering. I may have patience. But I lack some activity. I lack some virtue. When it comes to my choice of words, there are areas of our lives that we are all working. The Bible says we must work our salvation with fear and trembling. The Bible said do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Understand that no body is perfect and we are all on a journey to salvation, a journey to God and a journey with God and every day as we soldier on, as we pursue, as we serve God, we are not perfect. There is nothing like a perfect human being. Understand that people are not perfect. Sometimes not because they don't want to be perfect but people are weak. Everybody has got a weakness. Everybody has got a tendency. Everybody has got a proclivity. People are not that strong. Even the strongest is not always strong. Go and ask brother Samson. He will tell you that I was able to carry the whole gate of a city and throw it out. But when he came to Delilah, her tears brought me down. There are some people, they may be strong in one area, but they may lack strength in another area. And everybody under the sound of my voice this morning has got some type of a weakness. Paul said, the good I want to do, I do it not. The evil I do not want to do, that is what I do. And Paul said, if I continue to do this, then it's not me, but there's something in the inside of me called sin. Oh, how wretched. Oh, how wretched my soul is. Can I talk to a church right now? Paul said, I am the chief of all sinners. Can I preach to a church right now? Can I talk to you today that no human being is perfect. I know you are anointed. I know you are prophet. I know you are the smarted. I know you are principal. But everybody has got areas of their life they got to work on. The reason why you must forgive is because you must understand that human beings are human beings. Human beings are weak. They may be willing but may not be able. You must understand that people don't say what they mean. You must understand that people get weak. Jesus understood this. So when they spot on him, when they slap him, when they beat him, when they pierce him by the side, when they cast lot on his garment, he understood 
them and so said father I understand these people and so he said father forgive them for they know not what they do when you understand people you can pray for their forgiveness when they hurt you when they attack you when they are even in the process and they are still doing it because you understand that human beings have got issues and I've got issues and you've got issues you can pray for God to forgive them you're clapping a second housewife father forgive them for they know not what they do you'll be surprised that people do what they know best to do and what they know best to do may not be your best Father, forgive. Because I understand that they are nothing but flesh. Father, don't hold it against them. In order to forgive, you must understand that. No one understand that anybody, including myself, can act out of character. Sometimes people offend because of where they are coming from. The things that have, that have happened in their life, even false motives. You understand that people are coming from places that you cannot imagine it. Understand that not everybody is coming from where you are coming from. People's experiences in life and your experience are not the same. Understand that how they were raised, how they were brought up, how they see things may not be the way you see things. It depends on where they are standing. They are understand, they are understand what they are under, what they are under, the impression, the imagination, the thought, the foundation, their background, their experiences, and your experience are not the same. Their background, their exposure, their enlightenment, their education, the word, the level of the word. Jesus said, you err because you do not know the word. Not everybody knows what you know. Not everybody has been exposed to what you've been exposed to. You can't judge them unless. That's why when Eve ate the apple, sin had not entered the world. And sin had not entered the world, not because she was a woman. But because when God spoke to Adam, Eve was not there. It was Adam that God gave the instruction to. And you can't be judged by what you have been told. You can't, you can't tell me it's wrong when in the first place I don't even know. People don't even know sometimes what they are doing is wrong. You'd be surprised. The problem with many of you is that you, you, you prejudge people. You are prejudiced. You put your own expectation and you measure your own expectation with people's expectation. And you expect them to be you, but it's not easy to be you. It's easy for you to be you, but it's not easy for people to be you. Understand. 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 This marriage is going to work when you understand that you are two different people. Your background are not the same. Where you are coming from are not the same. You are now going to see real hair and real him. Because oftentimes, sometimes, I hope that's not the case. People date with their representative. 
is the side that he wanted you to see is what you've seen so far. Now you're going to see. And the two were naked and were not ashamed. You are going to see areas of life. You're like, ah. I pray that grace. <laughs> understand. To phantom. To understand. You can't judge me by where I am. It is wrong to judge me by where I am. You got to judge me from whence I've come from. You, you cannot just look at me right now and compare me to somebody. It's wrong to judge me by where I am. You got to put into consideration from whence I've come from, the journey I've been on. You can't look at the height unless you look at the depth. You can't look. It is your depth that determines your height. It's your foundation that determines the building. If you can't look at my depth and my roots, you can't judge my fruit. You got to put into consideration my journey my experiences, my disappointment, my ups, my downs, and all that life has given to me. And you got to understand that in this journey of life, people have experiences that can impact their life. The more you understand that human beings are human beings, the more it becomes easier for you to start the journey of forgiveness. You're clapping. Let's stick in the house right now. You don't know who you're talking to. You're talking to a guy that not arrogant. I'm not arrogant, but I know by the grace of God I've done well. You're clapping and sick. I and, and I'm not even going to allow you to make me feel bad about myself. And if you call that arrogant, that's your own problem. I'm just saying, I'm grateful to God. I got gratitude. I'm content. I thank God for this place, for Achimota, for EWC, and for all that God has done. I tell you what, even if nothing happens, I'm content and I'm grateful. I know God will do more, but I'm walking with gratitude because I know God has done. Why am I grateful? Why am I thanking God? Why am I blessing God? You are talking to a guy who was born out of wedlock, who was born not from a home of a father and a mother. You are talking to a guy whose mother gave birth to him at the age of 16 never known my father never seen a father never have been to the school you went to never have experienced what you experienced at the age of 16 encountered Christ and started a journey on my own came to Accra from Akimoda started a journey from Weja to Dansuman to Sakama from Sakama to Control from Control to Santa then to East Legon one, it's Legon two, it's Legon three, and the airport. The devil is a liar. You can't make me forget from whence I've come from. The devil is a liar. You can't despise me. You can't make me feel bad. I am grateful for what God has done. You can't let me go down. The devil is a liar. I am not where I want to be, but I'm certainly not where I used to be, and I'm grateful for the journey this far that's my experience that's my story anybody in the house thankful to God for how far God has brought you will you slap on and shout and say that's my experience people are talking about the experiences and you're talking about your experience that's not fair. 
understand that people have come from a journey. Understand that your level and my level are not the same. Whenever I talk about visa, some people look at me and say, oh, visa, <laughs> visa. I was born in America. Yeah, I know you're born in America. I was born. I don't even want to say, lest I offend you because all this arrogant thing is too much. We thank God for that. You cannot forgive people unless you go down to understand them. The reason why Christ had to come down, the journey of forgiveness started when he came down. He became flesh. We do not have a high priest who did not bear what we bore. The devil is a liar. You can't forgive me unless you have failed. You got to try to understand, to feel what I've failed, to understand what I've been through. I talk the way I talk because I've been abused, disappointed, betrayed, and has affected my mind. I need some forgiveness. I'm not making excuses, but I'm saying that for you to start your journey of forgiveness, you don't understand people. Why? Proverbs chapter, Proverbs chapter 11, and the verse number 12 says, New King James says, He who is devoid of wisdom despises his neighbor, but a man of understanding holds his peace. You will not lose your peace when you understand, you'll be at peace. You not go crazy. You not get high blood pressure because of what people have done. You hold your peace. Great peace have they who love the Lord and nothing shall offend them. You must get to a place where you got understanding enough not to lose your mind, not to lose your mouth, not to lose your peace, not to lose your energy, not to waste your time. You got to come to a place of holding your peace and that comes through understanding. To go under people and stand from where they stand from understand. I humble myself to try and come and stand where you stand. Understand you. Understand. Tell somebody, do you understand? Tell somebody, it starts from where you understand me. Say, so you may not agree, but at least do you understand? Proverbs 15 verse 21 says, Verse 15 to another Bible says, Folly is joy to him who is this destitute, destitute of discernment. But a man of understanding walks uprightly. When you understand, your ways are right. Proverbs 17, verse 27 says, He who has knowledge spare his words. And a man of understanding is of a calm spirit. Sit well and say, I am calm. How many of you have been angry so much that you need to calm down? Come on, smiling. I say, say, calm down, calm down. Uh, come on, say, calm down, calm down. I just blow. Oh, pour water on it. Pour water on it. Ice water. Go and drink some ice water. Get some kinky and drink it. A man of understanding is of a calm spirit. You must understand people and feel for people. You understand people. You must go to where they live and see how they, how they were brought up and understand how, the way they eat. When you know that they were born seven, eating from one bowl, and they are seven people and they are sharing three meat, you understand the way they go fast like that. Because the meat is three, if you are not fast, 
Survivor for the fittest. A man of understanding. Of calm spirit. You can't forgive people when you don't try to understand them. To fathom. To process. Then verse 27, verse 28 says. Verse 28 says. Even a fool. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shut his lips. He, he is considered perceptive. Even a foolish man, when he decides not to react, when he decides to understand, to hold his peace, he's considered wise. It's not everything open your mouth to say. And you rather people think you are wise than to open your mouth for them to know you are fool. Let them at least believe you are smart. You're clapping a second house one. David said, I do not excite myself in matters that are above me. Just if you don't understand, just hold your peace. Keep quiet. To forgive, you have to phantom. Number two, you have to forbear. When you understand why they did what they did, the second thing to do is forbear. Forbear. To forbear means to hold back or control one's one when it's provoked. To forbear. To hold the pain. To hold the reaction. To hold the negative energy. To hold back the anger. To hold vengeance. To hold, to forbear. To control yourself. To bring your body, your mind, your emotions under subjection. And to say that I will not let anger take the better of me. I will not let anger rule over me. I will not let jealousy. I will not let anybody make me lose who I am. I am forbearing spiritual capacity. Can I talk to your church right now? You must build spiritual capacity to forbear people. To hold on. To trust God. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 says. Ephesians 4 and 2. With all loneliness. You cannot forbid people when you are standing up to them. You have to go down. Let them sometimes make you feel you are nobody. Because sometimes the journey of forgiveness can make you look stupid. Can make you look you're crazy. Can make you look you are not smart. But loneliness with all loneliness, brokenness with all loneliness. The Bible said Jesus Christ did not consider even though he was of the standard of God, did not consider himself equal with God but came down. You cannot forgive people unless you have come down. In order to forbear you got to humble yourself with all loneliness and gentleness with long suffering with long suffering suffering long Bearing one another in love. Bearing. You got to learn how to forbear people. Oh my God, I feel like blessing somebody today. To forbear. You must learn how to forbear people. To carry the pain of what they've done to you. Just hear me. Because there can never be a forgiveness unless one is willing to carry the pain. 
What do you think separated Christ and his father, God? Not even the riches of this world. The kingdoms of this world could not separate the two of them. When he took him high the mountain, they couldn't separate him. Stones being turned to break. Nothing could separate them. The only time the father and the son got separation was when the pain, the sin, the shame of man was put on him by carrying the sin of man. Anytime we want forgiveness, there could not have been forgiveness unless Christ took upon himself the pain, the venom, the anger of God, the anger of God was upon him. When you want to forgive somebody, you got to learn how to carry the anger. Jesus said, let them that want to follow me deny himself and carry their cross. He took our cross. He bore our cross. And you must learn how to bear other people's cross. What cross are you carrying? You can't forgive people unless you bear their cross. Bear their pain. It hurts, but I trust God. It's painful, but I trust God. I'm frustrated, but I trust God. I'm holding the venom, the anger. Christ bore it. Christ carried it. Christ carried it. Christ carried it. He bore it. There is something called forbearing, holding back, not taking into your hands, not unleashing, not releasing, not punishing people, not becoming the God of your life. Trusting God that as Christ took your cross, you will take the cross for them. Don't clap in the second house right now. To forbear. To forbear. I wish you can smile and tell somebody, I am carrying your cross. So I refuse. So I refuse to release the anger and the venom because God had a judgment. Because God had an anger. Because God was not happy with men. But God, God put his anger on Christ. I know you are hungry. I know you are angry. And you are upset. But you got to learn how to forbear. How to hold on. How not to put judgment in your hands, how to trust God, how to believe God, how to hold back, how to say no way, the devil is a liar, how not to visit people, how not to make people feel what you are feeling, because often time, the pain we are going through, we want others to feel the same pain, it is said that hurt people, hurt people, but I came to say, hurt people must help people, you've been hurt so much not to help somebody you got to learn how to release people how to help people and today my assignment to you is to forbear you're clapping a second house right now you're clapping a second house right now forbear to forbear forbear it hurts but forbear Colossians 3 and 13 says, Colossians 3 and 13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. You cannot forgive unless you forbear. Before you arrive at forgiveness, you must understand that it's pain. You must understand that it hurts. You must understand that there's regrets. 
Sometimes it's an energy. Forbear. Smile at Max and say, forbear. Say, are you forbearing? Are you holding back? Are you trusting God? Are you believing God? Are you not putting judgment in your hand? Vengeance is mine. Say the Lord. It belongs to God. Leave it for God. Hold it. Trust God. Don't release the energy. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. In order to forgive, you must learn how to forbear. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. You cannot forgive if you don't forbear. If you don't forbear, you become like Absalom who took matters into his own hands, revoked God's provisions on the cross for himself. Absalom had to die on a tree because Bob said, curse be the man that is hung on the tree. In other words, Absalom could not enjoy the benefit of the forgiveness of Christ on the cross because he did not forgive somebody. If you don't forgive, you have to build your own cross and I refuse to take matters in my hands. I'm willing not to let people feel what they've allowed me to go through. It is time for Christians to learn how to forbear. How to hold on. How to trust God. How not to let your life be determined by what will have done to you. You know why it is so true? Because in life, human beings are programmed to react. Reaction is a natural behavior. It's a natural order. It's a natural phenomenon. It's something that is, is, is instinctive. If right now a fly touches you, as soon as you like, if you see a mosquito, if you see something else, because you'll be programmed to react to stuff that disturbs you, that makes you feel uncomfortable, that makes you feel threatened, that makes you feel angry. <laughs> and sometimes they can meet human flies and human mosquitoes. You cannot throw them like that. You have to learn how to endure, to forbear. What they did irritate you, it upset you, it frustrates you. But you can't throw them out like you throw mosquito away. You can't crush them like you crush mosquito. You have to learn how to forbear, how to hold on, how to trust. Because your maturity in God is not measured by your action, but by your reaction. It's not how long you pray or how long you shout. It's how you respond to people when they offend you, when they insult you, when they misbehave, when they step on your toes. We are in worship and somebody step on your toe and then step on your toe. How you react when they step on your toe determines your level of maturity. Know how long you pray. I thank God for the shallow of I thank God for the 48 hours of prayer. I thank God for all the stuff we do spiritually but our relationship with God, our, our walk with God is not only this way, it's also this way. Giftedness and spirituality are not the same. You can be gifted and not be spiritual. Spirituality is also how you deal with a brother. You can operate in gift and you are not spiritual. That's why the church of Corinth was where Paul talked about spiritual gift. But it was the same church that the most craziest thing that Paul ever saw in his ministry happened there because you sound to be confused, gifts and spirituality. You can be gifted and not be spiritual. Don't think 
that because you are gifted, you are mature. Spirituality is maturity. The more you mature, the more you learn how to bear, how to hold back, how to trust God, how to go to the pain and the sacrifice, the more you are spiritual. Spirituality is capacity. Spirituality is weight. When I hear you talk after five minutes, I know you are not. I know you are not spiritual. When I open, when you are, are ready to spill every secret, I will destroy them. You are not born again. You are not spiritual. Your capacity to be heard and so trust God to forbear, to hold back, to not let your negative emotions take the better part of you. Is the level of your spiritual maturity. Forbear. Forgiveness can take place unless you now formulate, which involves talking to the person. You cannot get to forgiveness unless you formulate, you build capacity. To talk to the person about it. The problem is that sometimes we talk to people expecting them to change. Expecting them to say, I'm sorry. You can talk to someone who offended you. And when you talk about it, they say, Master, I'm sorry. Hey, what, 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 what? You are speaking to them. Not so that they understand. Your motive is three in speaking to them. One, that they don't do it again. Two, that they don't do it another person again. And three, that they may know what they have done and maybe say sorry. If when you approach with this three, your communication is not so that your, your, your expectation is not just one. Thank God if you get all the three, but it will be good. Even if you don't get anything, don't give the power to them. Just know that what you did, you did what is right by God. For Jesus said, when you are, and when you are going to offer a sacrifice to God, and you get to the altar, and remember that you have an ought against your brother, lead the sacrifice, and go and tell the brother what they have done. If they understand, thank God. If they don't understand, call two or three people. For by the mouth of two or more witnesses, everyone is established. And when they don't understand with two or more three people, you can now call the church. And if they don't understand, you cannot you can now see them as a task collector or a publican. Before you, you see them as a task collector or Republican, you ought to speak to them. You ought to engage them. You ought to talk to them. You got to communicate exactly what they did wrong. You have to give the opportunity to repent. Opportunity to change. Don't run away from talking about it. Build capacity and speak to them about it. Release it. The talking is so that opportunity is given to them to repent. They don't do it to somebody or they don't do it to again. Formulate. Inform. Talk to them. Engage them. Let's talk. I don't know who you need to talk to, but it's about time you talk to some people. Reach out and talk to them. Have a conversation. Talk about it. This will happen. This is what you did. You know why? He says, 
When they don't get it, call two or three. When they don't get two or three, call the church. It means the standard of forgiveness is not at your level. Or two or three. It's at the church. Look at me. Let us not get it twisted. The church has a position. The church has a way of doing things. Paul said, this thing right eye unto you, hoping to come soon, hoping to come to you shortly. But if for whatever reason I prolong and I delay in coming, that thou may know how to behave yourself in the household of God, the ground and the pillar of truth. The church is the ground and the pillar of truth, not facts. What the church, the standard of the church is not the same as the standard of the world. Let us not get, let us not make social media our church. The church is the ground and the pillar of truth. There's a level and there's a way the church communicates. There's a way we deal with issues. There's a way we forgive people. There's a way we relate. There's a way we engage. And one of the, one of the major ways of a journey of forgiving is to talk. Speak to them. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Leave your sacrifice on the altar and go and talk to the person. And you are talking not so that they understand. Not so that they fall. Not so that they repent. If they do great. But you are talking to them also so that you let them know what they did wrong. Opportunity to repent. They don't do it again. They don't do it somebody again. Release. Who do you need to talk to today? Who are you running away from? Have a conversation. Then fourth, after you have phantom, after you forbear, after you formulate, and then you come to forgiveness, you release them. I want you to look at someone and say, I release you. Please look at someone and say, I release you today. Come on, say, say you, I release you. Say, in the name of Jesus, whatever you've done against me, whether you know it or not, I release you. I need to release people, untie people, free to forgive means to free people. Bible says, whosoever the son set free shall be free indeed. Christ set you free and you'll be mandated to free others. You are not called to bind people, to hold people, to tie people. You understand people. You forbear them. You talk to them. Now you release them. You free them. You untie them. The Bible said, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth uh, shall be loose in heaven. Uh, we do not only bind people, uh, we lose people also. Uh, and when we talk about binding uh, and losing, uh, we are not just talking about demons uh, and devils. Uh, we are talking about people because uh, many of us, uh, we bind people in our heart. Uh, we bind people in our mind. Uh, we've tied them. Uh, we put them in prison. Uh, we are holding their fault, uh, their mistakes, uh, their errors, uh, their shame uh, against them. Uh, but today, I dare you, I encourage you, I pray for you to free them, to release them, to untie them, to set them free, to let them go. You've been destined to free somebody. Oh, you're clapping this again in the house today. You're clapping this again in the house today. You're clapping. You're clapping. Ephesians 4, 31 says, Ephesians 4 and 31, the Bible says, Ephesians 4, 31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. My God, 32 says, verse 32, 32 says, and be 
and be ye kind one to another, tender heart, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. Tell somebody from today, no more anger, no more bitterness, no more malice, no more pain. I free you, I release you. Tell somebody, I release you because I understand that you are not perfect, and I'm not perfect, and we are all fallible. I forgive you because. Christ forgave me and today if he set me free if he untie me if I'm not dead about all the things I've done to God who am I to tie you and to kill you today in the name of Jesus I release you I forgive you I shouted I sounded I speak it I'm telling you today that you are released Release the offense and the person by speaking it loudly to them and by speaking to yourself and acting accordingly. Louder! I forgive you. Louder. Come on, church. I forgive you. Come on, spirits. I forgive you. Your voice must be lost. I forgive you. Lift us. I release you. We open. I release you. I forgive. I give because what God is about to give to me is more than I'm holding back. Forgive and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, shall men give to your bosom. As I give you, God will give me. As I release you, God will release me. As I let you go, God will let me go. And from today, I don't know who must be released, but from the bottom of my heart, clap on and shout, I release you. I release you. I release you. In order for you to be truly free, it doesn't end on forgiving. Because you often hear people say, I forgive, but I don't forget. Hey, I forgive you, but I'll never forget. You know why? It's dangerous not to forget. Because whenever you don't forget, the memory can be activated. I've heard people say, forgiveness is not a forgotten memory, but it's a memory without revenge, and I better differ respectfully. You cannot keep the memory. You cannot, you cannot say, I don't forget. Because if you don't forget, you open up yourself for the offense to be activated. When God forgave your sins, said, if a man returned from their wicked way and come to God, whatever they did is no longer remembered. God doesn't remember your sin. Why do you remember people's sin? I'm not to hold on. I'm not, Bible says, love keeps records of no evil. Never you say, I don't forget. The fifth level is to forget. Learn how to forget what they did against you. Oh, come on, talk to me right now. Learn how to say, I forget it. Because if you don't forget it, anytime you see them, it will come. Hey, you haven't seen people that, that provoke some energy in you. Can I preach your church right now? Especially when you see them and it's like they are doing well. 
God, so what kind of prayer have I prayed? Many of you are wasting praise. You can clap your hands if you want to clap. I know what I'm talking about. It doesn't end at forgiving them. You got to forget it. You got to let it go. You have to come to a place where you don't allow the memory to hurt you. God gave you memory not to store bad things that happen to you, but to store and to rehearse good things. To say, I remember the God that turned this captivity will turn it again. When the Lord turned again, it means it happened before and God is doing it again. Your memory is to record the testimony of God, the power of God, the goodness of God, the favor of God, the audacity of God. So you can tell Goliath, the God that delivered me from the mouth of the lion and the bear will deliver me from, go from this Goliath. My memory is not to keep what people did against me. My memory is for God. My memory is for the miracles. The power is the same yesterday, the same today, and the same forever. My memory is not to store my pain. You got to forget. You know, you know what, you know, you know what it means to forget? Forget. So in order to get, you have to forget. 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 You want to get something? Forget. Come on, talk to me. You want to be ready for what God wants to give you? Forget. You want to get your marriage? Forget. Your favor? Forget. You cannot let what people did against you hold you down. Can I preach your church today? Anybody getting blessed today? Forget! Odi, I have forgiven him, but I will never forget. You're a prisoner. You need to be free. No. Not you. Because sometimes... Those memories can even push you out of going to places. When you get to a place, then you feel some way. Some people have left churches because somebody did something against them in the church. They were dating some guy and they didn't, didn't work as I stopped the church. I'm changing my church because of a guy. A guy who didn't die for me, who didn't send blood for me, who didn't save me, who didn't call me, who didn't redeem me. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. I forget. Come push me out of my place. You can't scare me. You can't provoke negative emotions. You cannot make me a prisoner. I cannot continue to remember you and then I feel bad. I remember you and I'll see how God has delivered me. That's the way I see it. When I remember you, I smile. Because I know that God delivered me from something. Not me, but you don't deserve me. You can't push me out of my place. Can't give me negative emotions. And the problem is that it's not easy to forget. Because this mind there is the most dangerous thing in the human part, human life. Because the mind is the citadel of the body. The, the, if it's a football, we call it the midfield. Whoever that controls the midfield wins the game. If you don't get a good midfielder, if you don't get a good midfielder that can hold the ball in the center of the park, then you are going to be under pressure. The reason why many people are under pressure is because their mind can play games on them. And how 
how will your mind play game? The mind is a memory. The mind has a memory card. It can store things. And the most difficult part of life is how to unlearn. It's more easy to learn than to unlearn. And sometimes what you have learned, you must make a conscious effort to unlearn it. And so sometimes the the memory will tell you uh, what the guy did. Uh, you are finished. Uh, you will never marry. Uh, you can't rise up. Uh, it's over. Uh, tell that mind. Uh, telling you uh, that the Bible says uh, he makes all things beautiful in his time. Uh, I refuse uh, to rehearse uh, negative things. Uh, to imagine wrong things. Uh, I can't tie it uh, with the truth uh, and the revelation uh, of what God uh, says. You're clapping a second house right now. Hear me? To forget, you need to learn how to unlearn what you've learned. Up to today, I don't know if it happens, I'm still struggling to remember all the 16 new regions. But as for the 10, I remember. You know why? Because I learned it from class one. Upper East, Upper West, Northern, Volta, Bron, Ashanti, Western, Central, Eastern, Great Accra. The OT and the Savannah, I don't know, Papa. I know with all the, you know something? Because I've learned the 10 region all my life. And, 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 and the system is saying there are six new more. And there are opportunities there. And the church you can establish there. But as we speak right now, I have to remind myself and even now to process myself to understand that there are new regions coming. Why? Because I've learned the old. It's very easy to get used to the old. And so if you're not careful, the old relationship, the old experience can stop you from believing God for the new thing. you got to make a constant effort. That's what the Bible says, for the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling of stronghold, casting down imagination and thought. A God who get into warfare, any thought of fear, any thought of your past, any thought of worry, you got to cast it down. We cast every thought that says it's not possible. I count on that thought that says God makes all things beautiful. You're clapping the second house right now. I capture the thought. I arrest the thought. I bind the thought. I counter the worship. I counter the word. I counter with prayer. I even want to counter with a good movie. Look at me. Sit down. Whatever you need to do to forget it, do it. Once it's from God. And sometimes the enemy can Remind, I was talking to a guy. So what, what my wife did, anytime I go on the internet and I see it, prof, I start to break down. I said, no, you got to come to a place you can go on the internet and see it and it won't do anything to you. How do you do that? I have to counter it. You have to counter it. Counter your mind, what your mind have learned with what you are learning. So unlearn it. Bible says, what? Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to deprogram your mind to reprogram it. I refuse to believe what the word was telling me. Forget it. Forget it. Paul said, this one thing I do, I forget about the past and I press on. Smile and tell somebody, forget it. Say, do you know what your problem is? You haven't forgotten it. Tell somebody, I've been meaning to talk to you about this. You go and burn that, that diary. Destroy it. 
go and delete it. Look at me. There are some things I don't keep it on my phone. I delete it. You think you are the only one that gets stupid messages. People can send you stupid messages. You have to delete it. You have to learn how to delete it and flash it out. And even if you leave it on your phone, whatever, you forget it. When you see it, should, you can see the picture and still smile because if you can see what God is about to give you, the picture won't do anything to you. Casting down imagination and today every imagination of fear, of doom, of destruction, of that say you are over, I declare, I count it with the imagination of my destiny, of my career, of my future for God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all I can ever imagine think or ask I need to smile in your mouth and tell somebody I forget about it Say, I forget about it. Say, I will not let you stop my destiny. You can't stop my peace. You can't stop my worship. You can't put fear in me. You can't push me. I will drive on the same road that I was attacked. I'll go to the same house. I will travel to that place. The same place they try to shame me. I'll take glory there. That place will not be a doom for me. I confront it. You got to get into a warfare mood. You got to speak to yourself that you are mightier. You are stronger. You are going to travel to that place and you preach there. The same place of shame. You are going to go there and you be a preacher. Is anybody hearing the word of God? Rise up and shout and say yes. Forget about it. Forget we worship. When you see them going to worship, sing a song, read the word of God, count tight by the word of God, speak of God's promises, declare what God told you, shout it louder, let your mind hear it, let your spirit hear it, let the whole atmosphere know that God has set you free, and finally, move forward, forward. Look at me, church, I finish with this. You cannot say you are truly healed. You are forgiven when you don't move forward. Please sit down. People are still holding on to people. People are still not moving forward because you haven't really forgiven them. People have all kinds of stuff. But when you forgive, you move forward. Look at me. Look at me with a smile. There's more in the future than in the past. Move forward. Look at me. Ahead is too many things. Move forward. Many years ago, I was in a war. And I never believed there was anything beyond the wall. The thing that, a, what a wall does, that a wall will always block your view. As I stand here, I don't know what's behind this wall. There are people in your life, there were walls. So because of they couldn't see the life ahead. If only you can move forward, you will know that beyond this wall, there are buildings and buildings and buildings. Don't stay within your walls or reject because walls are not meant for you to enter. What are meant to block you? There are people who came to your life to block you. Don't let them stop you. God will pray. This one thing I do, I forget about the past, but I press on. Whether it is crawling, whether it's walking, whether it's one or two or three or ten, whatever it takes, it is time to move on. It is time to believe God. It is time to try something new. It is time to travel. It is time to do 
late. It is time to write the exam. It is time to go for the interview. It is time to set up a church. It is time to build. It is time to heal. It is time to set up business. It is time to move on. Move forward. 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 As for your father's donkey, forget about it. You are now a king. You came here as a donkey searcher. But God made you a king. Come on, Saul. You are not a donkey searcher. You are a king. Move forward. Can I finish blind Bartimaeus? Give me that scripture. Mark. Give me the mark scripture right now. My God. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with the disciples, a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Next verse says, and when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Next verse says, and many charged him that should, he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Let's go right now. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man saying unto him, be of good cheer. Come, be of good comfort, rise, he called it thee. Next verse says, ah, I love the Lord, I want to go. Everybody want to go. And he casting away his garment arose and came to Jesus. Look at me. Don't let life's garment that has been placed on you stay on you. People have the right to put garment on you, but you have the right to remove the garment. Life will place garment on you. You can say, the garment, the garment of praise is taking over the garment of heaviness. I refuse to be depressed. Look at me. Joseph had a coat of many colors. His brothers took it. He had another coat. Potiphar's wife took it. And they put prison garment on him. The day he kept on dreaming, and the day they called him from prison, he removed the prison garment and put on a new garment. Any garment of barrenness, of shame, of depression, of fear, whatever garment they put on you, blind Bartimaeus threw away the garment. And today, we throw away every garment of your past, the garment of your story, the garment of your shame. You will not be defined by that garment. Watch this as I finish. This is my message. This is my message. This is the best part of the message. I love it. He casting away his garment. Because that garment stood for him being blind. And that was the basis for people to give him offering. The gift they were giving was because he was, because all blind people were required to wear a yellow garment. And that garment, when they see you in that garment, you are blind, they'll give you something. And Bartimaeus said, when I move forward, I may not see Jesus. And I have to come back to beg him. But blind is because I know I'm not coming back. I'm not going to be identified as blind person again. By faith, out. You be, look at me. If you are looking for everything to look, you are looking to cross your teeth and dot your eyes. You are in for a big trouble. You got to move by faith and declare, "I'm not coming back to the pain, to the shame again. I'm moving forward by faith." Watch this. As I finish, watch this. Bible says. He rose and came to Jesus. How can a blind person come? Nobody, the people are telling him to keep quiet. Nobody called, nobody held him. The Bible never recorded. The Bible said he came. He was blind, but he still made a move. 
He was blind, but he stepped out. He was blind because the just shall not live by sight, but the just shall live by faith. You don't have to see a new door before you step out of that door. You got to move by faith. You got to move by, my God, eyes have not seen, no ears heard, neither has he entered. The heart of men, the thing God has prepared for those who love him, but it has been revealed. I declare today, as you make a step of faith, the Lord shall turn your story around. Slap on and shout and give God a praise in the house. Rise out and tell somebody, move by faith. Move by faith. Come on, step on test. I'm moving by faith and not by sight. I don't see it, but I believe it. I can't touch it, but I believe it. It's far, but I believe it. All I need to hear is the word of God. God said, go. He called you. He's calling you. He's releasing you. He's blessing you. Have you had a word? Move by faith. Have you had a word? Move by faith. I refuse to move by fear. I am moving by my faith. The world principle said, use a bad job to look for a good job. No. God principle said, you step out by faith. You got to step out by faith. A blind man came. You know what you have to see before you can move? Move by what you heard from God. Lift your hands and say, Father, today, in the name of Jesus, I understand. I fathom that human beings are not perfect. And by the grace of God, I forbear all that they did to me. I formulate true communication, information, what they have done. I now forgive them. In the name of Jesus, I don't leave it at forgiving. I forget it. I delete it. I remove it from my story. I refuse to let it control my emotion, my love, and my story. I forget it. But in the name of Jesus, I move forward for new things, new testimony, new opportunity, new breakthrough, new miracle. There is more in my future than in my past. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done today. If you receive the word of God, Slap your hand in the air, shout right now, scream right now, give God a praise. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been enlightened to forgive and move forward no matter the situation. Connect with Gideon Dance on all our social media handles. You can join us in person for any of our Sunday family services, 7 a.m., 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 6 p.m. We promise you a worshipful atmosphere that will bless you and your family.